0: How you doing, good. Gary? Good. Yeah, I'm good. Should we roll? Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself?
1: My name's Gary Roberts, and I'm a filmmaker, designer, and illustrator.
0: So we'll unpack yeah.
1: that. My like therapy.
0: process, I know, is important to you. I I think maybe for the listeners, they probably need to know there's a bit of a background, like I know you um, yeah. from...
1: When yeah, we... when I started, yeah, it must have been 19... <laughs> well, what was it, 2009, so it's at least 11 years Yeah, No, 2006, sorry, so...
2: 14 years, 13, 14 years, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah 14, definitely 14, 2020. I'm <laughs> <So laughs> my age and stuff, and then you're kind of like exactly when it is, but yeah, it be like 14 years ago,
1: yeah.
0: So I think I witnessed a lot of your early stages of process development which Mm. was great to see. I think we shared some stuff as well, didn't we? Like animations and and things like that. So do you want to talk about how a process is important for you and and how that started? Yeah, I mean,
1: I think the fundamental thing like I probably want to talk about that always keeps coming up and I feel like it's a really recent acknowledgement of it is just drawing. Yeah. I think when we were at uni together, it was it was kind of the thing I was chasing the most, like in illustration. And, and then since finishing, you know, I
2: started moving into music videos and, and then doing, doing more film
1: based media yeah. and, and kind of came away from it because I guess a lot of it was live action based. But if I look at the process, like just the process, Drawing is still fundamentally a big part of it for me because I, you know, I love storyboarding and and I find that a really interesting part of the process when it comes to live action. So I mean, like looking at it for me, process is is a big part of why doing the thing I enjoy the most out of it. I think like the final the final product is you know it's, it's there and it exists and there's something to be said that you know that's that's a a nice
2: thing to have but I think um I always get excited about the journey people that you know we're going to make
1: together and, and when I say we it's because a lot of the time I work with a crew or a team of people it's not what I do isn't a solitary endeavor in like commercial work you know it's it's very team orientated and um and I enjoy that part of the process I think the most yeah um, I think when I was at university, I think, you know, really trying to focus on the illustration. It felt like it could be quite a solid endeavor and, you know, just you in your studio or your bedroom or something just making work and actually coming out into like the commercial world, it, it couldn't feel any further from that, for me, I feel like, you know, you're always, it's always uh, is a team endeavor.
0: Well, I knew you right from the start, you're always interested in communicating with other people and sharing mm-hmm. ideas and stuff. So I think there's an element of needing that collaboration right from that point, right? Plus, mm-hmm. you're doing things for...
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Michael's band, yeah. So I'm still doing that work. We're doing something in the background at the moment during all this time, right. where he's sending me new music and he's doing a new EP. And so I'm sort of doing an illustration for each song. And so I'm just kind of scamping up all these ideas that I've got as I listen to the music and we're kind of sharing the odd one now and then. And uh, But when he finishes this EP, hopefully at the end of this, it'll kind of go out that it'll be like a little art booklet with the illustrations per song. And, and then I think we're going to look at doing, you know, a little bit further down. Right or something but try to do something visual uh, like a video yeah. thing but it could just be a lyrical thing it could be a slight animation thing probably be more in the animation world just to probably keep in keep with the illustrations a bit and they could just be very basic i don't think get too elaborate but yeah but yeah so i'm still doing that you know so that's but it, that's where it's a friendship thing right friends you make and People you work with become friends, and therefore you're helping each other. But there's also just an enjoyment of working together. It's not necessarily a feeling like work. It does just feel like um, you know a little, a little fun project, and, and you know sometimes things piggyback on the off that you know. So you can do a project together, and then somebody else can see it. And that's how I got into music. <laughs> I started doing that project that you're on about with them in like my for my FMP, which was just. know it was what was it really i mean it was kind of like branding a whole band that was kind of a project i guess if you had to like truncate it into a sentence it was like branding a band so it was everything from merch to web web design to cd design to stage design it was like everything they were kind of friends before but, but i mean like really new friends you know it was like I'd met them through a couple of other friends and so we kind of knew each other but it was still like getting to know each other you know like I'd known you longer at that point when I started that project than then you know but now I've known them up until now as well so it just kind of shows you that you know whoever you meet you could know that person for four minutes or four years or 40 years and you don't know in that moment
2: right yeah Um, and yeah, and, and it really evolved to be like a really
1: special collaboration, collaborative, like, friendship. And then from that, other people looked in on that and said, oh, can I get a music video listing that thing I've made with Mike and his band and then and then another one and then another one. And then from that, I managed to sort of move mm-hmm. into doing more. Commercial brand film things, you know, and like I said, it was why I gave that. And it's a mix is because I'm one of the first to in, in the commercial world more. And what I'm finding is that I'm enjoying being an illustrator at this time, doing more illustrations. But really, whenever I tackle a project, I think sometimes they do really come from an initial illustration, and that could even be something is straightforward as like a set of e-learning films for the BBC sure it'll still come from drawings and, and ideas that I've drawn to get to the problem and, and I feel like I'm yeah I'm recognizing that more at the moment when it comes to process like what what have I been doing over the last you know 10 years since graduating sure and what themes keep popping up and um, yeah
0: so you're fine tuning your practice still yeah, anyway. definitely. Yeah, no, that sounds interesting. So I guess we want to go, we can move on to world building because I feel like that's a, well, like I think we've talked about that. We've touched on that, sort of the band's branding that you did. Like, do you want to unpack that a little bit and why you find that so interesting and fascinating? Yeah, yeah, I think that term, I didn't really know what that meant,
1: you know, like 10 years ago. And I think if somebody said ultimately, that's what you might end up doing. I still think I wouldn't understand what that meant. it only now, I feel like looking at every project, you can boil it down to that, because what you're kind of doing is you're creating something from nothing, right? Like, we're always kind of creating something, but at the same time, like a world-building thing, adheres to some sort of rules, you know, like if you were, you know, we have gravity, you know, like there is a, you know, it's a 24 hour day cycle, you know, the sun goes up, the sun goes down. And so there's certain rules that are like adhere to that world in order for it to work. And, and I feel that when you're creating any move, motion based thing, uh, as well as any sort of design or illustration based thing, you're kind of creating rules and set of rules and say it can be this, it can't be that. Some brand books will say, you know, you put this there and it has like this much space between this and this. It's 25-pixel space between, you know, so you're kind of creating rules for that. Yeah, and then ultimately creating, at the end of that, it's like a brand world, you know, and that can exist in, in, in like, a, you know, a massive scale of stuff. So that could just be the, the smallest little uh uh, let's say like a set of illustrations for a scientific, science, uh, like a science book, science journal, or something—a little set of things that say this is this, and this is how this works. And, da, 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 da. and then the highest thing is like you know a Marvel film or like a big Hollywood blockbuster where it has to believably feel like a real world. And you know, and so those are two things I feel like borrow from the same set of. Design principles where you're kind of setting rules basically and you're saying it can be this it can't be that and what i feel like i do a lot of the time is that yeah i'm kind of doing all of that and whether that's in a short film or whether that's in some branding or whether that's in some tv items or whether that's in some illustrations or something like that i feel like that's world building on that whole scale of that whether it's very small very quick job to big elaborate things like some stuff I've done for the BBC recently which was all around this intergalactic maternity ward and so you're kind of even for that kind of working out it can be this it can't be that this can work this can't work this is good humor this is bad humor <laughs> you kind yeah. of to work that out.
0: So um, is that in your written element of a first job or a first part of the job or is it something that you've kind of feel out in a way i don't know or a bit of both
1: yeah it, it probably changes for each job you know like for every you know you know like everything's different it's never like every job's the same or yeah they come with their same problems actually they come with very different problems and you're working with very different people all the time so sometimes it could be that it's on the page from the start and actually it doesn't change and then sometimes it can Really evolve in pre-production. Sometimes it can really evolve in post-production. You know, it's not. Yeah. And, and you know, and when it's live-action stuff on set, it can change on the day. You know, you could be changing lines. You could be changing parts of the storyboard. Where you just go back, we can't even get that because there's no time. So, yeah. because we can't get those four shots, how does it impact these six before we get to losing those four? What can we do in these six to cover? what's happening in those four, or do we just completely chuck it out, you know? So <laughs> there's, there's all that going on. Yeah. So it's different. I mean, I've always liked it more that you allow room for things to, to shape as you're going through it, because I don't
2: ever think, you know, the, the starting point is the best idea.
1: It's just that there's, there's something really interesting in that room that you think I want to you know I want to kind of go in there and have a look around and see what's in there and you know then you might have three rooms that you're kind of interested in and you kind of know that I, you know if I get into one of those rooms I'm going to have a lot of fun in it yeah. and, and then when you're in it because it should be that you allow yourself to have some discovery and find things that you you couldn't believe were in there when you're stood outside you know Ooh.
0: I think that helps with authenticity right and then almost like you're feeling for the right vibe, like it's giving off some kind of, I don't, I don't mean like in, in some kind of crazy mystical way, but like I think I think a look and an aesthetic that comes through the camera or in a drawing or in a line can, can really tell part of the story that you want to get over and I think sometimes you don't maybe you're not conscious of it but you know it exists in your gut that you mm. know is there.
1: Yeah, I had a play something funny it happened to me the other day. So, we, um, I just finished a short film called Memories Lost of Sleep. I said just finished, it was about a year ago. I just finished it, but it's been doing film festivals and stuff. And, and then, um, it did one uh, back in September, and they just released a podcast where they kind of talk about it. And I didn't know they were going to do this, and they recorded me on the night where I gave the not Q and A. Q&A. Well, it was kind of Q and A Q&A because the the presenter was asking questions. So I was kind of reciprocating to those. Well I didn't know they recorded it. So they tagged me in it and stuff like that. And I'm like, a, a, you know, I kind of want to go back and kind of think, oh, did I say the right things, or did you know, did I? did like I go off on a tangent or something you know I kind of like to reanalyze stuff I say about things just to sort of think do I still feel the same about that yeah but reanalyze things just to sort of for myself to sort of think do I still feel that way and also as well I didn't know that it was being recorded and actually I couldn't remember what I said oh. an <laughs> element of like oh what did I say you know and wanting to hear that back and also wanting to hear what they thought about it because it was you know podcasts. they kind of analyze it and what I thought was really interesting is my other film I played there before and won one of the audience choice award there. And so, and they're very different films. Like the, the shorts are very different from each other. One, mm-hmm. the Problematic Anonymous, Problem Anonymous is like uh, black comedy sci-fi, and Memories Lost to Sleep I would say
2: really simply is a fantasy film. Just, it's probably just easier to say that instead of going truncating or like, trying to like, pull out exactly what it is. What they pulled out from both of them was very aesthetic choices. They were sort of saying, you know, oh, this is beautiful
1: and it visually looks amazing and it's the most visually quite Professional value thing we have, whatever it was, but it was very superficial aesthetic things they were saying about it. And I thought that was really interesting because I I feel I don't come at it like that. Right. Like I might have an image or I might have ideas, but I don't ever, I believe, force them onto the thing before we even get into pre production. You know, I have an idea, but I feel like. I'm always asking other collaborators what their ideas are. So, like Mimi Windsor, who's the production designer for Memories Lost Sleep, I was asking her what she thought the best caves are and what some of the best locations we could shoot in London are, and you know, asking for her you know advice and expertise and ideas. And the same thing with Alec Cotterill, who's the DOP on Memories of Sleep. It was the same thing, and we're always. Working collaboratively, but then I feel like a lot of homework gets put on, puts on gets put on the director. to sort of say like, oh, you know, they're so visually thing, and it was, you know, it's, you know, he's got a real thing. It could be worlds apart, but this this is the running thing, and I, don't know, I Kind of, I lost the, the point where I was coming from, but I feel like that that gets put on. Not me a lot, but just it's interesting that they took that from it because I, especially with Memories, even though I knew it was quite an odd-looking thing, I thought it was—it's nowhere near problemless, which is very stylized. It, ex- it exists in a pastel world, you know, like that. Every, the whole palette is these pastel tones, and then Memories is—I would almost say—erring on realism like the way it's shot is not fantastical in the way it's shot. It's shot very, I think, documentary realism style, and and only this thing that is fantastical about it is this like spirit of a collection of memories, little orb thing that kind of floats around and leaves this woman's body and then goes to a cave, but there's an element of fantasy bubbling underneath it. But um, yeah, But so I actually thought, it wasn't that i don't think it's not that beautiful but i just didn't think it was the same you know i actually thought that they would say wow it's really different or something you know they say that i think they mean that by there's a lack of let's say narrative it's very stripped back on that it's very like concept film memories compared to Problemless which is more a comedy black comedy sort of thing but that was interesting I can't remember right sorry I've gone off on a tangent no
0: I, I think it's yeah, remember I mean,
1: what, what it was that you started me off on because I was thinking oh that did relate but now I've gone off on tangent I forgot
0: no it's good I think there is a, a thread on this though like if you look at films like Under Her Skin maybe that there's some kind of co- parallel do that, and I think some people, I don't know, I wonder if there's something that is easier to hook on, technical and aesthetic, over the subtleties of how you can create a narrative.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And I wonder if that's too prominent in people's minds right now, in that um, you have certain films that everything is talked about and spoken in dialogue so there's no room for you to to mm. be within the film uh, yeah. whereas i feel like your last um project was there was room for the viewer to to occupy like a painting mm. um
1: that's why I- like you say that because that's that i feel what what that little phrase occupied you know like a painting was definitely one of the things i spoke about with alec which was the idea that pretty much most scenes are just one shot, you know, other than the bedroom at the start and the, um, uh, the the cave at the end, which is multiple shots. But they are meant to play out like tableaus. They are meant to just be a frame Like some small movement happens, and it's normally just a sort tr- you know this thing moving across camera. But it should just be its own tableau, its own painting, its own thing and being presented with a set of images yeah. in itself um, ask questions, questions to the viewer like why is this being presented to me? Why is this image being shown to me? What in that still image, effectively like a still image, like
2: a frozen camera? frame, what, what does that mean or what, what can I take from
1: it? And asking questions of what came before it and what where is this going? Yeah. With there being a lack of dialogue, you know, the music is really there in, in space of dialogue. So I think that does help people um, digest it more.
0: Yeah. It's big, yeah. Yeah, it's picking up the vibe, isn't it, from, like, feelings and things like that. Um, yeah, I think those are really important, like, subtle aspects. I think we need to have more of those in, in what we consume. Because um, maybe there's an erosion of, of that happening in people with, with all of this content, like, being demanded and out
1: there. short films, we, weird. There. I think, like... I've seen so many short films that you... You can, you can just you know appreciate them for face value and just go, oh, that looks amazing, you know, and and some affect you on a deeper level that you might think, oh, I actually want to go into that world for longer. You know, I want to go with those characters for longer. Um, and so that happens, you know, but, yeah, I don't know, I just thought it's made me not question my work, but it's made me really think about if I do a, the next one, what, what what can I do to almost eradicate them that, that bit and, and force something else up? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's an interesting thing, like, you know, I don't always have the opportunity to get my work critiqued. Sure. Like, to hear it like that. Um, even though they didn't say anything mean about it because it was their film festival and they accepted the film so they're never going to say
2: oh shit
0: yeah. <laughs> but, but at the same time like you don't want to ever hear it's, it's a bit like the question like what lens did you use or what camera did you use yeah when when technical things come up i think we get this from students a lot it's like oh i don't know after effects enough and it's like well, yeah but what's your what were you after what's your plan what's your story what yeah what what message are you trying to convey like that's the important thing and and yeah I think
1: like the way form follows function right so I feel like the way something looks is based on how you attack it yeah. not based on I want to make a black and white drawing therefore it be black and white yeah it's almost like what are you drawing and then it could be color, it could, you know, and then it manifests itself to be the best thing it can be by being black
2: and white. Sure. And it's through, again, the process, that journey, that you discover
1: that. And, and you know, for me, I think I spoke about this before, I maybe I didn't talk about it, but the idea of repetition is that I tend to draw things over and over and over and motifs or, or things that keep coming back to drawing all the time. And, and I think that's even the same in writing. And, you know, they always say that you should, you know, writing is just editing and re-editing and re-editing and re-editing. <laughs> and you're just kind of like chipping away at that diamond and just refining it to be the best it can be. Um, and, and I think the same for me is in drawing or storyboarding or something. Is like keep redrawing things and, and through that repetition, you then discover what, is, what you think is a good idea, and then you can share it with others and say, Okay, oh, hey, look at my thing. What do you think? And then it yeah. kind of starts that process again. Um, but yeah, I don't ever think just by picking a technique or a media and then entering that and just saying, that's how I want it to look at the final thing is the right way of working.
2: And there's no wrong way of working either, I guess. but. me that doesn't work
0: no i I think on a if you want depth and probably longevity and i think also authenticity it can't be driven by like software or hardware first
2: yeah yeah um, they have to be the
1: tools right i feel like um, Mm. they have to be the things that you use in order to to express yourself, but you have to know what you want to try to express. You know, it's not that you wake up and think, I want to express, you know, an octane render that looks as good as this. You know, it's not that's not the expression, maybe, but it might be that you want to express, you know, a ballerina's leg movements in a three-dimensional animation you know and just through thinking like a movement like how do i get how do i express this form of movement that made me feel you know elation or made me feel you know like a child watching it how do i get that athletic movement into a software or a thing that doesn't actually act that way
0: yeah you know? for sure i think that's where the the heart of creativity should be right
1: sure.
0: is, is that that way of thinking I guess as
1: well sometimes with the, with that film podcast thing I think work like, you know I was cooking and listening to it at the same time and all I thought of was I guess it's interesting to people who don't make things yeah and that's maybe what I should take from it is that you know they are interested in knowing that because they themselves don't make stuff or they might even be curious like how did you do that on that budget and and the, the quickest answer to that is just nice people yeah that's it that's the quickest answer and then it's like there's like everything else but if no one was nice that wouldn't get made no no you know? I agree um, so that's the quick answer but then the hard, you know the long answer is you know a lot of hours and a lot of time and you know a lot of effort but
0: yeah um, and journey right and and all the the backlog of experiences that you have as a group, right, that you can bring
1: in. Maybe it's just my own bug bit, but I sort of think, oh god, I want people to take away more from it than that, but I guess that the fact that they took that away from it, I should be happy, but yeah, I'm never happy, so that's
0: fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the curse of being a creative, I'm never happy
1: with anything. Um, yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. well
1: and- is weird, I mean, like, especially... You, you look you see things so much and you, you revise things so much and like I I don't hate editing actually now but I really did hate it when I was starting out and I think it's because of that thing that I was saying is that I I looked at the journey as like everything up to shooting and then everything after that was just terrible it was like just it was just pulling out the moment so the moment was like a you know, skeletal thing by the end of it that it, you, you, you'd you taken every part of nutrients out of that moment that you could. And it was just like a barren wasteland. There was nothing to take from it. And now I've learned that that's not the case. Um, it's, it literally is up until delivery that there is room to make it the best thing it can be. Mm. But
2: when it's personal work, like I have not seen either of my
1: shots since the last time I had to watch them with an audience. That's the best way I can think of it, and I mean a physical audience. Like, And even memories, I leave the room for people to watch it because I felt like I watched that one more than I watched Problemless because it was animation. A lot of it was animation, so I had to watch so many shots and previous shots and, you know, First textured and then,
2: you know, final comps and the comp on, comp on, comp. And I watched that one way more than
1: Problemless. So I could tolerate watching Problemless with an audience. But this one, I just couldn't tolerate it. And it's not because I hate it, but it's just I have nothing left to gain from that. For sure. And I think I'll only be nitpicking and I'll only be annoyed by watching it. Even if people are going, ooh, ah, or. I think it's shit, because I, I love a, I love a polarised view, you know, I love, I love a Marmite thing, I think, that to me they're some of the best things, if, if, if you know, 50% hate it and 50% love it, then I feel like it's done its job.
0: Yeah, um, so we're talking about critique, so, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think that's, that's true, you can, you can learn a lot by, I think you can learn more from people that, don't like it than people that like it, right? I think you get better feedback. But yeah. but it's a weighing up process as well, right? We all have an opinion. Yeah. We all have a taste and a flavor
1: of, of things, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's funny, is Because I feel like that doesn't drive me, but I do find it interesting what it says about the person. I mean, like, the one of the exec producers on Memories, when he first saw it, said, it was very sexual. Yeah. And, and then I was like, What? And you know, and you kind of, your brain, You like, for me, I was just like, I, I don't see that yeah. whatsoever. You know, I don't, I never registered and I didn't even for once think, you know, oh, that's kind of sexual ever. And I, so I feel like what I love hearing, that's why I love hearing it, is actually how people interpret things I make or how people, what people take from it. You know, and I hope sometimes there are deeper things than just looks nice.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that was that's a good, yeah. um, probably great feedback because it is that you've allowed someone their own being into your yeah. project.
2: Yeah, I think like
1: problemness always gets uh, reposted on a couple of things, and when it, it does, I, I typically get tagged or you know an alert or something and my favorite thing is that i leave that for three days and then go read the comments yeah. and, and then some people are like so angry they're like that's 15 minutes of my life i'll never get back and then some people are like oh my god i loved it and some people are like what the fuck and you know like there's a massive mix of opinions and then people always compare it to harrison Bergeron, which i would never read but my co-writer uh, had read it, and so I think that there's probably elements of that in that seeping through, on. Yeah, but yeah. I never read that book. I didn't even know that what who that was. Um, and so there's stuff like that. There's some like let's say you know well-read, cultured folk that love to pull things like that from it. And you know, one screening, I I had someone said it was very religious, right. and I and I'm not religious, but yet my co-writer. Was a theology student, so I think again some of those themes come in, but yeah. it wasn't from me a conscious thing. Yeah, but because I'm the director of it, people think, oh, it's your idea.
0: That's interesting.
1: We did that, then it's like no, I, you know, like, that's why I feel like a lot of credit has to go to writers or production designers or DOPs, and because you know there's some DNA in there of them, and somebody picks up on something, and you kind of go, well, that wasn't maybe from me. Yeah, you you have, you, know, you have to lose the sense of ego to think, you know, oh, it, it's it's my thing or it's, you know, there's an essence of authorship there. But I still think um, I'm standing on the shoulders of other people. So when it comes to critiquing or people wanting to pull things out, you are like, oh, I didn't even know that, you know. And then you, and then you kind of think about it and you think, oh, maybe I'll ask so and so, and then you ask said person, and so they're like oh, yeah, I think I probably did try to do something like that. You know, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. For me, there's discoverability in some some things. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of growth then. Yeah, and just kind of being vulnerable to that feedback. And I guess that will feed into the next project, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I make one, I feel like every... every You know, I've only done two, and then I was going to make another one at the start of the year, and then I, I didn't go through with it because I just it didn't feel right. And there are many factors that can make me feel what's not right about it. And this one was purely cast. Like I just didn't have exactly who I wanted available at the right time. And even now with everything going on anyway, I'm happy I didn't do it because I have a film sat in the bank and film festivals wouldn't be running. And so I'm glad I didn't go with it for fear of like not having something you know starting the year and thinking right what is my thing this year what am I making this year I'll make it now and then I'll peddle it around the film festivals and share it around and actually yeah some film festivals now you know might not happen might not be happening at all for a whole year so actually it gives me a year to gestate with it a bit more and maybe I'll make it start next year maybe I won't maybe I'll make something else but
0: yeah and you've been doing a lot more drawing right
1: yeah I'm doing an illustration every day and they come from different things they come from you know friends and now some strangers of people just commenting and writing stuff and sending things and it could be anything from like prose to an object or uh, you know um, a feeling it could be anything like that Um, and I love the variety that comes in and so, and I just come and you know, I don't have a plan to go, right, today I'm going to do so-and-sos or, t- or tomorrow I'm going to do so-and-sos. And I don't back them up like that. It's just I have this big list. And then I come, I look at the list, and then I just start drawing. And then I keep reassessing the list. And I guess that informs what I draw. And then I realize, okay, I'm kind of moving in that direction. Let's try to tackle that one. And then and then something bubbles up, and then I redraw it and redraw it and redraw it. Um, and yeah, I'm sure even now ideas I'm having are probably more full animation, and it's probably because I am thinking fully illustrative in that way, and thinking, oh, I could do this. Yeah. I feel a little
2: a little sneaky, but like I had a, I had a short film that I wrote. It's probably direct straight
1: after Problemless, so it's probably about a year or two after Problemless. So it probably was like 2016, 2017 and it was called Peel, and, I, and I, was, you know, I was gonna make that, and then I chose not to make that, and again, I don't know why you choose not to make something that just didn't feel right? But then I was set, and I thought, oh, you know, I've been doing lots of illustrations, and then maybe what I'll do is I'll start to make a kind of a comic, I guess is the, the dirty word for it in a way, because it's kind of, in my mind, it's like it's kind of half a storyboard, but I guess it's also kind of a comic. If I'm taking that from it, you know, that I think I might just like, so what I'm doing, I'm doing quite a bit, Yeah. If that makes sense. And so I'm trying to dilute the script into just singular frames like a storyboard, but then let that exist as its own thing. So shorts that I maybe never got round to making, I'm going to start trying to maybe put them up as their own little, yeah, short film slash comic.
0: Interesting. <laughs>
1: Fine. something like that because I think there's yeah. something interesting in it can still exist and it's, a, it's an idea that I've had people still comment on or something and still say like oh well, that's are you ever going to make that and then you're like no probably not because either I don't have the money or I don't know how you get the money or for that idea you know and, and then you sort of think instead of just putting a script up or trying to write it into a novel <laughs> or something yeah. you know at and, and the moment because I'm working like this it's like oh I'll revisit it and see if it can work in a visual language in that area. Can it can it work? And funnily enough, the two that I've decided on doing, I'm, I've already kind of planned that. It can only be 10 images because the swipe right thing on the So again, I've got a set of rules there, which is, I like. So it's like, okay, it can only work in 10 images. Can the story work in that sense? And you even get the essence of the story from those 10 images. Is there is there still a sense of mood and
2: and that's a nice challenge. So I'm even doing stuff like that. So again,
1: how that informs the next thing, I have no idea. But yeah, when you, you know, it's a really tense time and and it's very scary and very in many ways. But I, I have to be honest. Like I feel like I'm quite lucky. Yeah, to be doing what I'm doing right now during this. Um, Having the time to sort of reassess certain ways that I work or how I want to work and even allowing room to sort of think, I don't know how this will inform me going forward but I like what I'm doing right now yeah. and I should be open to letting that um, move me, you know?
0: Yeah, I think I think now is a very, ref- is a great time for space and reflection and, and less busyness. I think the busyness of life it's very distracting and yeah. sometimes the clarity of your thinking it, it could be that you're relying on your gut but consciously like we've talked about maybe it can't be vocalized but now i think we can probably dig, dig a bit deeper and consciously know ourselves a little bit more and where we're at and where we want to go yeah
1: yeah Definitely.
0: Should we leave it there at that philosophy, philosophical yeah,
1: That's a nice ending. I like it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining us. I
2: think we'll wrap this recording up here. So thank, thank you. you very much, Gary. Um, You're very welcome. Thanks for having me.